All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to Bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved yes. recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the Colorful Chemistry Kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept him really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code COUPLE. All right, today we are interviewing Nick and Stephanie Bear. What a pleasure it was to have them here in the studio live and in person. We got to spend a lot of time with them and get to know them before this interview, which made it really fun. That's right. We talked about a lot of things. If you don't know Nick Bear, he uh, served in the Army, started YouTubing that whole process, and then has formed a supplement company on top of that. And he does all these crazy challenges. He's a freak athlete. And his wife, Stephanie, is no less impressive. She was a personal trainer, actually lived here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And together, I really respect how they approach life. We talk about what it means to be a high performer in all aspects of life, including your marriage. Like people talk about how to be uh, an elite business leader or elite athlete, but like what does it mean to have an elite marriage? And I love their take on it. And then we go in depth on babies and marriage and relationships and all of that because they have a two and a half month old little girl. So they're in the thick of it. Uh, this is an awesome conversation, one that we don't think you guys should miss. So with that... We bring you Nick and Stephanie Bear. We're excited to hear what you think of this one. Let's roll into it. I'm excited about this conversation, Stephanie and Nick, because talk about high-performance uh, athletes, talk about high-performance business owners. You guys meet all these criteria for like what people think about when they say high-performance. But I'm curious, what does that look like, and what does it mean to have a high-performance marriage or relationship? Because here, here's my thing. You hear about... People like Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, like, man, trillions of dollars net worth. Dope. Awesome. Or Bezos is now, you know, jacked physically. But what he is, is it? He's huge. He's a good wow. shape. Yeah. Right. How did this happen? There's a bunch of memes where it's like 20 years ago, he was a bald, like fat guy. <laughs> and now he's like in good shape. Easy. Anyway. What? Uh, nothing. It, he knows what I'm talking about. He has reverse engineered aging. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, he looks younger. I gotta look this up. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, didn't know that was a thing. But if you apply, like, the, what does it mean to apply the strategy, the thought, the you know that competitor's mindset to relationship and marriage? And I feel like you guys are the most equipped to answer that question. So that's why I'm excited for this conversation. Oh my bad. Can I kick it off with? Uh, kick it off, honey. Okay. So to preface that. Um, I was telling Steph this, this story the other day, actually on a podcast we were doing together, but I heard the story, it was years ago. I remember where I heard the story, it was an interview. I was driving on my way to work. It was on University Boulevard, probably a mile from our HQ. There's a McDonald's to the right of me. There's a Baylor Scott White Hospital to the left of me. Every detail. I can, I can, <laughs> there was construction. Like I can paint this picture. And it was this interview of this gentleman who spent decades building this business 
and finally got to the day where he could sell his business. And he sold his business for $100 million. And they asked this guy, well, what are you going to do now that you said you spent or you sold your business for $100 million? Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to travel the world with my family. And he went and told his family, I want to travel the world with you. And they mm-hmm. said, Dad, we don't even know you. Mm-hmm. We don't want to travel the world with you. Dang. So he had nothing. Dang. So when I think of high performance, high performer, um, I think it, it goes back to like this foundation of choosing your priorities, but then making sure your calendar is aligned with those priorities. So a conversation we've had a lot and I've had it with other people is someone might say their kids, their priority, their significant other is a priority in their life. God is a, a priority in their life. Look at the calendar. But then you look at their calendar and it's like, no work for you is a priority. You spend majority of the time at work and no time with your family. So I think in order to be a high performer, it comes down to prioritizing what's important and then making sure your calendar is aligned with those priorities. Mm. And I think too, for us, we use this word just in our marriage every day. Intention is like something that we are always conscious of. Like everything we do, especially now being new parents, like everything has to have an intention behind it. How you spend your time, who you're spending your time with. I think that's like my buzzword for, we've been married for two years, but I think I just always try to keep that in the back of my mind. Like everything we do, make it meaningful. Mm. Um, And just, yeah, life gets busy, but as long as you can just keep those priorities straight and make sure your calendar matches your values, I think that's been good for us. That's been really centering for us. I do love the, I love the word intention is the last thing I'll hand it off to you then. But uh, a few, it was probably two years ago, I was walking through the office and my media director had this sticky note on his computer and it said, lack of intentionality leads to a repetition of what is easiest. And ever since I saw that sticky note, I've kept thinking, wow, like intentionality, intentions mm-hmm. are that important because when you forget about them or or lack them, you just go through the motions. I don't know why that like just hit my soul when it comes <laughs> to kids. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's so true because it's so easy now that we have toddlers. It's so easy for us to take the easy way out every night and be like, oh, just like go play with your toys. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But you can be very intentional with it. I'm curious though, in the past few years, you guys have gone through the roller coasters of milestones with your business, getting ready to take off. You're trying to sell, um, with marriage now with a baby, Mm -hmm. that intention side of your relationship where you, you want to keep things matching when it comes to priorities and calendar and, and your like thought, how have you kind of navigated that through some of the biggest milestones of your life? Ebbs and flows. (laughs) I would say for sure. I mean, gosh, I feel like what what year does everyone say is the hardest year of like, I mean, we've only been married for two years, but we've been together for five. But I feel like everyone has like a different like, oh, it's the three years, the seven year itch. But for us, I feel like the first year of marriage, a lot of people say is hard. Mm-hmm. It was really, really difficult for us. Yeah. Um, I think just with still kind of figuring each other out and uh, balance, I guess, and figuring out work and what I need and what he needs. Why would you say the first year was the most difficult? I just, I feel like you're still getting to know each other mm-hmm. in a new role, if that makes sense. Well, it's like one of those things where people always told me when we, you get married or you have kids, life changes. Mm-hmm. And then the response is always like, well, you're just, it's just a paper you're signing mm-hmm. or just a ring you're putting on your it finger. It is so different that when you actually. It is very uh, different yeah. where, and it comes down to, uh, like selfishness. I said this to you guys earlier. Like when we had Charlie, one of the things, first things I realized was I couldn't be selfish with my time anymore. Same thing happened when we got married. Mm-hmm. I realized I can't be as selfish with my time anymore. There's someone I have to share my time with. And I'd say that was one of the hardest parts of being a high performer in life is you're used to go, go, go. And having to slow down a little bit and be more intentional and deliberate with checking with someone do. else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, answering to your own thoughts and needs. Yeah. I like think that, took that was probably one of the hardest parts. Yeah. So let me ask you, why did you want to have a kid? You guys are both a very much go type personality, right? Like you, I th- you probably had some vague idea that a kid would slow that down, <laughs> you know, for me, it's always just, I've always wanted to mm-hmm. be a mom. 
Um, it's just been like one of my biggest bucket list items. And I think we both come from relatively like smaller families Mm -hmm. and I have friends that have like huge, large families and it just looks like so much fun. And that's something that we see for ourselves. Everyone's always like checking in after the first kid. Do you still want a big family? And we're like, we think, (laughs) we think so. But I think it's just the biggest blessing in the world. Like you guys now, Mm -hmm. like being able to raise and shape and mold a human is such a privilege. And even just being a parent for two months, like I can't wait to just build your own little tribe. Mm-hmm. Like even just seeing what you guys have built with your family, like they're just little mini yous. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing. And um, yeah, it's everything. It is crazy. Like how everyone says, like the unconditional love that you feel when you see them. And you're like, this is 50% me, 50% Nick. Like it's like half of you and half of the person you love the most <laughs> in the world. Like it's wild. I think we were ready for that next chapter or season. I think we thought we were ready for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but what we what we thought it was going to be 3 months ago is a lot different than what oh it is gosh, yeah. now. But with that being said, I think we were ready for the next chapter. But you know the song Daughters by or ben Daughter Rector. by Ben Rector? Of course, yes. Oh. Talks about how Nick's anthem right he's now. He's like yeah. cried to it a million times. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I love that song and I've been singing it to Charlie while she's in her bath at night. But it's so true because when you're younger and you're first getting started and you're single, you're worried about your career getting bigger and larger and, and making money and like you dream of what life looks like. And then you get married and you go to start a family and you have your kids. You're like, okay, my perspective on the meaning of life mm-hmm. has changed literally overnight. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really relate to that song before Charlie was born, but now that she's born, I can 100% relate to that song. Always blaring in our house. Love that song. Oh, dude, Ben Rector puts out some jams. Oh, yeah. He sat in that chair, not yeah. like like right I before. I was, pr- And he said, the audio quality in here is great. And I what said, a compliment. That's the best compliment you ever And then Andrew done. proceeded to like harass him and say, can you sing something for us? <laughs> yeah, I, did, can I, you did. Sing <laughs> I was like, I have Stop. a lot of embarrassing <laughs> moments. But I don't ask, ask him if he'll do a duo with, with me with the shallow. <laughs> 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 or a trio between all three. Yeah, of you. perfect. Yeah. Be, Would you yeah. take the the high pitch or the, or the low? I, I I always go high. I was just gonna say <laughs> you go high always. <laughs> this is a total sidebar, but the song "Picture" by Cheryl Crow and Kid Rock. Yeah, I'm always taking the high on that. Yeah. You know that song? Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, if, you, if you can't hit the note, go high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 That's what I do. Uh, when, when we were having lunch earlier, we talked a lot about just like the struggles of a baby early on and how the whole world tries to prepare you for a baby with like, you needed swaddles and you need the snoo or whatever it is, but they never prepare you for the, the toll it takes on your relationship because you're introducing someone else into your marriage and they're permanent. They're there to kind of steal part of your heart forever. And I remember the first couple of months with Andrew and I, we were, Sleep deprived. We were probably hadn't eaten anything. Sleeping on the couch or the floor. Had yeah. no no idea what we were doing. And you very quickly learn the differences in your spouse when it comes to parenting. And I think more at like the I have a vaguer question broadening out, but the redirects within your marriage, like when things slowly start to kind of get off path, or you you find your priority is work, or you find your priority is. Charlie, instead of your spouse, how do you kind of have those conversations to bring it back into the right intention? Steph's always the good one, the right one to be aware and sit me down and tell me. Uh, I've had to give him a couple pep talks since we've been parents. Because high performer, going back to that being a high performer, I think Nick had this expectation for himself what he's going to be as a dad and be like hands-on always there like a stay-at-home dad but we both knew like he couldn't do that you know running a business and doing all that he does so I know that he had this standard in his head of what he wanted to be and I told I tell him all the time you you are exactly the dad that I thought you were going to be like it's incredible to watch but I could tell the first few weeks he was really down on himself because number one like guys and I I was so against this I'm like no 50 50 like he's going to be helping out 50 percent you just can't like there's certain things you just can't do you don't have boobs right like yeah. you just can't you can't well, I do they just don't work yeah, <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> I learned too quickly that yeah a lot does majority fall on the mom yeah. especially in the first month 
So I could tell he was feeling guilty and just, he was really, you, you were stressed about work-life balance for sure. And I could tell he felt guilty when he went back to work. And I'm like, this is normal. Like I'm here holding down the fort. This is what I've always wanted. And there was this one night, my mom was still um, staying with us, helping out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he went out by the pool to just like take a breather. And I could tell he was struggling. He was just like <laughs> tired. And I think he just had a busy day at work. And he's just like, I got to see Charlie for like 10 minutes before she fell asleep. And I'm like, mom, I'm going to go give Nick a pep talk really quick because he needs it. I think just realizing like when your partner needs a pep talk. Yeah. And when they kind of just need to be like reassured, like you're doing a good job, like I suck too at this. You suck at this. We all suck at this right now. Like we're learning as we go. Um, but just kind of like lifting your partner up in like the low moments, which we've had plenty of those in the past couple months, forcing the conversation that needs to be had, even if it's not fun sometimes. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible. I told you guys that I found skims while I was pregnant and now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from Skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft, and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop-down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. Hey, just wanted to take a step back and take a minute to thank our sponsors for today's podcast, Levels. Uh, When we started as Levels members, we thought we understood like our whole metabolic health pretty well. Andrew and I focus on nutrition a lot. But it turns out, like most people, we had no idea how some foods were affecting us until we got our hands on our body's own unique data. Yeah, I mean, I started with Levels uh, a couple months ago. I think it's coming up on a year, and it's changed so much for me. I found out that stuff and foods like pokey really spikes my levels, which I never knew before. I never knew that either. Pokey is my favorite, and it spikes my levels so much. I also found out grapes spike my levels so much, but... Pizza and wine do not. Honestly, don't like pokey that much, but it's okay. <laughs> and by levels, when we're talking about levels, we're talking about our glucose levels. And in all honesty, levels has been a game changer in understanding how our food affects our health. And how levels does this is they have you wear a continuous glucose monitor to show how specific foods are spiking your insulin or glucose levels. And they give you real-time feedback on your diet. It's pretty amazing. If you want to have a better understanding of how food affects your health and try a continuous glucose monitor on yourself, go to levels.link forward slash eastfam to learn more. They also have a really well-researched in-depth blog that we recommend checking out if you're looking to learn more about topics like metabolic health, longevity, and nutrition. We'll link it down below. Let's get back to it. There's very few times where like, I say I need some alone time. I need to go walk this one off. That was one of those moments. And I went out and I sat by the pool and I I was like, I'm a failure. Because you know when you're you're trying to handle or juggle all these things and then you realize I'm not doing any of these things at 100% and you want to do all these things at 100%. It's like I'm I'm failing at everything. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. And Steph saw it in me and she came out and talked to me. And I feel like there was a really big shift in just the energy of like, our parenting style in that moment we're like okay like we're doing this together we got this like there's going to be days like this and yeah it's just talking it out and like not I didn't want him to like stay down you know and mm-hmm. like I fell down too and I'm like I need a pep talk right now but mm-hmm. I'm the one right now that has to give it and then there's gonna probably be a moment tomorrow when you need to give me a pep talk and just kind of keeping each other up during the well someone asked us times. someone asked us the other day who wears the pants in a relationship <laughs> And we both, I mean, we were going over the questions of the Q&A on Instagram that we were going to record for a podcast. And as we were driving in dinner, we were doing a date night. We were just going over the questions. And she brought it up. She's like, who do you think wears pants in the relationship? We've never talked about this mm-hmm. in our marriage. We've never talked about it. Yeah. And I was like, we both do. 
they, we wear different pants, mm-hmm. you know, and you said one leg. We, we both have a, yeah. a leg in the pant, but I definitely have seen like this, this shift where before Charlie was born, I felt like I had to be like the leader of the family and I still feel that responsibility. Mm-hmm. However, now that Charlie's born, like Steph is like, I run the show. She <laughs> is a, a huge leader in the family and I know my role in that of, okay, how can I support I think a lot of it's like eliminating ego 100%. and role titles. And it's like, how can we support each other to do our best in where we're wearing the pants in that, that part of the relationship? <laughs> Dude, I think that's so true. That's so good. Like the, the ego is the thing where it's like, oh, you know, some people have this super tight grip on, I need to be the head on the fam- uh, head of the family and make all the decisions. But the result and the side effect of that is like, you're not doing anything well. You're super stressed out more than you need to be. And I think you're losing an aspect of marriage that I think is one of the coolest things where like that pep talk moment, mm-hmm. how cool is that one that that's a, that's an interaction that Nick and Stephanie have never had before. Like yeah. that's a new adventure, like a new way to get to know each other. And like you supported him in that, which obviously it's a tough moment. Like the, yeah. the origin of that is tough, but you made it like a lifelong kind of like, Hey, we're planting our flag here yep. and like we're supporting each other so i think that's the coolest freaking thing ever yeah but i uh like i i think the the marriage and parenting that whole sequence of the the difficulty and in transitioning into those like the the first year for us was brutal the first four months of our first kid brutal yeah. i was listening to your podcast about um how parenting changed you and mm-hmm. the way you verbalize like that blur of the first mm-hmm. couple months i was like yeah. dang dude that's it's so real and the yeah. tension and it's, there's so much frustration and i think it's because like there's this identity shift that happens where man like here i am like a 20 something year old guy i get married and now it's so frustrating because i have this wife to run things through and decision like she's limiting my travel schedule or she's not letting me do that but oh, that's the wrong that's way to a, look at it though because like <laughs> I think in that episode, you use the, use the word red line where it's like you're, you're a high performer. You're right on that. Like you're, you're maxing out your time. You're as efficient as you can be. The cool thing is I think if you take it in stride and you're patient enough with the process, one of the side effects of marriage and parenting is like your capacity grows. I think <laughs> beyond what you could ever have dreamed. Like we thought, we thought we were like pretty high functioning. We thought we were busy before kids. Oh before kids or before parenting. And then you look back and you're like, I am so much more dialed in. Yeah. I'm doing so much more and way better because one, your priorities it's set so in. True. It's a, And I'm excited for you guys to experience it because I know you're in the frustrating phase. Like two and a half months, Charlie is. Yep. It gets so much better. And I think you'll look back on this moment, this conversation and be like, man, like that, that was tough. But as with any challenge, like you freaking push through it, you learn and you, you come out better on the other side. But it, I'm trying to think of the analogy of, uh, no, n- no analogy. Oh, Sean loves my he, analogies. his analogies are terrible. I'll do it. I'll sing it too. Just Perfect. To, oh my <laughs> but, I, but no, hold on. Let me finish. My <laughs> analogy. <laughs> let me finish. You, know, okay. you know, like when you're, you're lifting weights, right? Uh-huh. And say you're doing like heavy squats, set of 10. Yeah. You're on, you're on set or you're on rep five. The way to make it through that set is not like, if you're just focusing on how bad it hurts, you're not gonna, you're not gonna excel. But if you have the bigger goal in mind, like, Hey, this I'm setting a PR or like, Hey, this is helping me train for whatever event, like zooming out and viewing the bigger picture, I think is, is so helpful and applying that to the marriage and, and parenting like that. That was Sean, a beautiful no, analogy, Andrew. Don't, don't. <laughs> we're going to have to do a compilation of all of his analogies. I saw where you were going with it. I, I know. But then we, just had to, like, we just had to drop <laughs> no, it out there. Uh, so what, I'll just end it there. What, with that being said, to like piggyback off that, I think that's what's been hard for me in terms of being a new parent is like I've done like these race preps, for example, or these training preps, and they're pretty formulaic where you can control – a lot of it. I need to do this workout at this time at this pace to achieve this end result. But like what I've learned with Charlie so far is 
there's so much I can't control. And for me, that's frustrating because like I see point A to point B, which might be like zero to one year, then one year to two years. And I can't just like lay out this, this plan and program to get her to this certain point. I just need to like facilitate mm-hmm. the process. You're not a go with the flow type of person. And I feel like motherhood has made me that, especially yes. right now, because they kind of run the show. And yeah, I think that's been a, a tricky part for us both. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree. And therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with the therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. There were, yes. there were a lot of massive learning curves for us early on because bef- when we got pregnant, we did that. Like we both are, come from athletic backgrounds where let's lay out the plan. Here is the training schedule for the next year. And we're like, this is what the birth plan is. This is how we're going to raise them. This is the sleep scheduling. This is all of these things. Then you have a kid and you figure out they're a human and they have their own little minds and preferences and – it's not up to you anymore. It's truly, you have to kind of go with the flow. And I think combining that with, similar to when you were saying when you guys got married, you're getting used to each other. There are still new things you're figuring out. After you have a baby, the identity changes in everybody. I became a completely different human being. I was very opinionated. I went from being more laid back to being very opinionated. And maybe to his chagrin. But it... There's just like a lot of push and pull and it makes the tension within your marriage and your business and stuff. It makes that hard Mm -hmm. and it makes for hard conversations because you don't even know how to navigate it. You don't know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. What's kind of like your, your pressure point situation right now that you're in? What, what's causing tension? Yeah. I would say for me. Not to dig up bones or anything. It's probably balancing work like business mm-hmm. you know leading a, a growing business that requires a lot of time and energy that's an equally time and energy mm-hmm. and uh and then trying to show up for this very active and supportive father and husband because and the reason i say energy is because even if i show up at 5 p.m and i'm there the rest of the night with the family if I'm dead tired, I don't have the energy to to show up for the family. So right now, like my biggest tension is trying to build systems and infrastructure in the business that allows me to spend more time with family. But like having Charlie has forced me to take those steps, mm-hmm. which has been great. But now it's in the weeds of establishing those steps. So there's like this certain father and husband I want to be. And there's a certain business leader I also want to be. I'm trying to figure out how to mesh those two blocks. Mm-hmm. I'm in the process and I'm going to figure it out. But right now I don't have it figured out. And I think to you, we, we always say like, we say you're patient in, the, what do we say? You're patient in like the long game of things, like building a business or going to ranger school. Like you're patient with that kind of stuff. But in the day to day, like with this, like when is she going to be able to like nap at a consistent time and when can we do all this and I'm like you can't really you have to have like a lot of patience with the newborn and um I feel like that's really exercised your patience muscle (laughs) Charlie has absolutely and I feel like that's really we've seen a lot of growth in our marriage with that even like (laughs) I feel like before Charlie you would get really mad at me when I'm like five ten minutes late and now you just kind of you're quiet about it. Because <laughs> he sees, like, all the work it is he just, to get out the door. Not that you do. I know you still hate when I'm late, but. I mean, I just, I 
tell our different time of when we're supposed to be. Somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby time. Back it up like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the pressure point, like for me especially, especially with him and how demanding his career is, mm-hmm. running the business, and he has to show up every single day, and show up at home at night too. Like it never really turns off. Um, before Charlie, like I was able to like kind of control my day and also work and just kind of like do what we want when we want. And now I feel like for me, I wasn't really sure how I was going to feel about being a mom and working. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to give myself the space to figure it out. Like maybe being a mom is all I've ever wanted and that will be fulfilling for me and I won't need to go back to work. Um, and for me, that's just, I, I love to connect with women and have a women's lifestyle blog. So for me, it can kind of grow with me, which is really great. But I'm like, I don't know how it's going to look after. And it's been a really big struggle for me trying to figure out, do I need to just be a mom right now? Because I have this like itch already, you know, two months postpartum. I want to work, I want to work. But I know that that's not the priority right now. Mm -hmm. So I tell ourselves all the time, like, we just need to be where our feet are. Like, sometimes when like Charlie's napping, I'm like, I should be working right now. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, there's other things I need to be doing that will make me a better mother and wife right now. And that's the season we're in. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. So I think it's just like fighting the urge to be a high performer in different areas of life. And someone said something, um, because in that podcast we recorded, I was kind of like, being down about, I feel like I'm not accomplishing a lot right now. And someone's like, you're accomplishing the most amazing thing right now. Like you're raising a human. That's the biggest accomplishment of all. And that totally shifted my mindset. I'm like, you're right. Like I am actually doing something amazing right now. It's just a little different than like my work mindset, you know? Mm -hmm. Something Steph's really good at right now that I need to work on is being present, being where your feet are. Because I'm always thinking of the next thing, even in terms of a day. Hey, when am I going to work out? When am I going to eat this meal? When am I going to answer this email? When am I going to work on this project? So I, I get angry at myself when I'm where I'm supposed to be, but my mind is elsewhere. And like me and Steph are having a conversation and I'm thinking about like, I'm trying to solve a business problem in my head while she's asking me a question. And I know I'm not listening to anything she's saying. <laughs> I feel very bad. She's really good at, at being present. She's gotten a whole lot better since Charlie's been born. That's still an area that I'm trying to improve. Thank you. Nice to hear. What I <laughs> yeah. hearing you say that makes me reflect on what I did poorly the first couple of months of our first kid, where it was uh, like, dude, like a four month old's not doing anything. So I would, I loved holding him, her, uh, well, and her like, and him, yeah, and, and like cuddling with him. But I was so easily like do that, and then also be responding to emails. Totally. And I think that's translated into now. Drew is like playing, like we're, we're doing toys and stuff. It's yeah. awesome. Like this is what I waited for my whole life, right? Yeah. And I'm still. I've I've been in the habit of like I'm there with her, like, but I'm I'm like checking my phone or I'm thinking about that. So like I guess don't. I mean be aware of the habits you're forming and also like realize that you probably don't need to be, I don't know, spending all day with the baby. But when you do make sure that you're forming good habits in that, like, all right, 20 minutes, just me and the baby, like no phone. It's it's funny you say that because something that I've had to like say, which I, I'm like, you know, like when you don't want to critique the mm-hmm. husband or, or the new dad because you mm-hmm. don't want them to, you know, get offended and like just let them do you know let about them that? learn. <laughs> do you know about not critiquing your husband? I do. <laughs> it's a hard balance because you want them to learn. Yeah. But it's like, I know exactly how to do that. And I yeah. can tell you how to do that. No, we've been parenting the same amount of time as they have. Like they don't have. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Mom's no, getting it. Dude, it's, Mom's we've been doing it the same amount of time. The simplest thing is like how he holds her, right? So like yes. he's a big muscly guy, right? He's. <laughs> Pretty like rock solid, and just the way he holds her, I'm like, you look tense. And I can just tell that she. I don't scream- know what that means. She's screaming because you. Like, I can just tell you're not comfortable. Like how you couldn't yeah. get comfortable on those pillows earlier. Like that's like how. <laughs> yeah. And but that's like saying change your body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm built this way. Oh my gosh, but it's it's hard because I'm just like, do I tell him how to do it and fix it right uh-huh. now? But you have said that you don't mind when I try to chime in a little I, bit. I don't mind the critiques. But I know that, like, I will take it with a grain of salt because there's certain things I can't change. Yeah. Well, it's... You, hey, you do look a little tense, so just calm down. Right? This is my body. I, I will say, though, that, like, right there is, like, the perfect example of why parenting gets to be so complicated. Because before you have a kid, there's some issue arises and 
at some point you're like, I just don't care that much. So I'm going to cave, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you throw a kid into it, you both care that much. Mm-hmm. So it becomes like a battle you can't win anybody yep. because you're both so passionate about it that it's really it's really hard to find common ground because you either have to cave to something you don't believe in mm-hmm. or so feel like you're jeopardizing being a good parent. And yep. it becomes harder conversations to get through. And that's what we've been trying to navigate through. And it's like, a, it's a million different topics. It's like screen time, it's diet, it's medicine, it's uh, sleep schedule. It's all like all of these things. You each come like, I'm in the middle of five kids. My parents raised me with no schedule. It was super laid back. And I came from. Sean is a freaking, she's been a yep. pro gymnast since she was three. Freaking <laughs> no. regimented routine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Different. So it's like, yeah, there's so much friction there where it's, and that's where I've learned like, hey, Sean really trusts me and like all these different areas of life. And I am going to. I call it taking it in the face sometimes. Like, literally, it's like, bro, you just got to stand there and freaking, yes, man. Freaking, yeah, all right. Freaking, this hurts so bad. <laughs> like what? Dude, what do you freaking mean? A we million don't need to go there. Things, we don't dude. need to go there. Oh, take it in the gosh. face. But it's like. Uh, you do that too, Nick. Sometimes I can like, tell. He's like, I'm just going to let her talk. I'm going to yeah. let her get it all out right now. And uh, then I'm just going to not smile. Well, I think it was like. Two days ago, I was walking. <laughs> I was walking into the shower, and I was getting critiqued by something I was doing. Yes, and I just didn't respond. I was like, "I'm, I'm taking it in the face." <laughs> and she's like, "Did you, did you hear me?" Or sometimes I go, "Hello, are you there?" <laughs> like we'll be in the same room, and I'm like, "Hello." I was just like, like "Received." Yes. <laughs> oh, I hate that when like the military comes out and he's like, "Received." I'm like, "Oh, heck no." Yeah. <laughs> Received. I'm like, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Nope. Received. We always say, like, I, I just need verbal acknowledgement that, yeah. like, you even heard. Yep. And I'll be like, do you have any, like, verbal acknowledgement <laughs> for me? And he's like, yeah. I heard you. Got it. I heard you. Yeah. We're going to use taking it in the face now for oh. sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I know when, uh, when she starts eating actual food. Yeah. Because, uh, mm-hmm. like, diet is something I want to be pretty strict and on top of so i've brought up some things in passing and steph's like well they gotta be at kids like, no like grass-fed <laughs> ground beef all day that's <laughs> like i was, put them on the carnivore diet i was prepping uh my meals for the week the other day i was like it was ground beef i was like wasping the smell of the beef into charlie's face he's <laughs> gonna <laughs> be vegetarian probably because of you I will say, I don't want to scar you, but like, we were very similar. Our daughter refuses to eat meat. He doesn't realize. That, refuses. Like, exactly. oh, I'm, I'm okay she, with not eating meat. But it's just, uh, like she, the we do protein powder. Good quality yeah. nutrition. Yeah. 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 It, it's hard. I, I mean, I've been very open with this, like on podcasts and stuff, but I have come from like severe eating disorders. I studied nutrition, did psychology courses, everything. So having a little girl freaked me out and mm-hmm. I was, very obsessed with nutrition yeah and you get to a point you're like eat the freaking macaroni like you're not gonna eat anything else so (laughs) we were just talking about having a little girl and navigating food remember Mm -hmm. we were just talking about this because someone said something about like not calling them bad foods yeah and I was like I never thought about it like that like that's a bad food like don't eat that that's bad Mm -hmm. and what that kind of like creates in their mind and I was telling, like, I'm like, okay, I would love to reframe this as, like, this food isn't going to make you feel really good, but this food's going to make you feel really good. That's something that I can't even imagine navigating. Yeah. But, like, I can see how it's probably a lot easier said than done. Now that our little girl's, like, two, three and understands, like, feelings, that's exactly what we do. So okay. we're like, you can eat this, but it will hurt your belly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, or you can eat this and it'll make you feel strong or yep. whatever. Oh, but I love that. Yeah. It's all by, like, feeling. And I'll give her, we'll give her the option. You can eat as many gummies as you want, but. Feel and good. she's actually had experiences now where like she'll get belly aches and oh, so, so she, yeah. you can reference it and yeah. it's worked okay see. yeah when i was i was in middle school i had an eating disorder too yeah so i i know the cues so i am very aware and conscious of when yeah she's growing up like if it's happening i know i'll be able to oh, yeah. i'll know it oh yeah but i am very aware of like how things are perceived and said and taught so I'm very careful. I'm, I'll mm-hmm. be very careful when that time comes. 
Which is great because a lot of people don't have that awareness with kids and it's like, yeah. And today's episode is brought to you by Modern Fertility. Anyone that knows Sean knows that she's a big planner. Babe, trust me, it's for the best. I am not like this, but I respect it about you. I think that's why I love Modern Fertility so much. It helped us plan for the future. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home, which is like the best part, with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, aka like how many eggs you have compared to other women your age, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. And traditional testing can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at a fraction of the price. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $30 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com eastfam30. This is a limited time offer for $30 off. That means your test will cost $169, Instead of hundreds or even thousands, it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash eastfam30. Modernfertility.com slash eastfam30. We'll also link it down below. Let's get back to it. I didn't know you had an eating disorder. 14 years old. Dang. Yep. How'd you get out of it? Or I'll, did I'll, you? I'll give a uh, synopsis of it. I think it's great because you don't hear a lot of guys talk yeah. about it. It's So I don't, I don't, I really don't know what triggered it or caused it mm -hmm. to this day. I just one day wanted to start controlling my weight and what I was eating. Mm -hmm. So it, it started where I was just pulling some calories back. I was exercising more and then it got more out of control and more out of control where, you know, I remember going to, to school in middle school at the time and my lunch was a bottle of water and just like the meat from the turkey sandwich. Mm -hmm. I throw the bread away, I throw the cheese away, everything else. And then I was in and out of hospitals because my parents were trying to figure out what was happening to me. I was losing weight, had no energy, couldn't get out of bed. I knew the whole time I was starving myself. Mm -hmm. And then after being in and out of hospitals for a year, one day my mom pulls me into this outpatient clinic rather than the typical Hershey Medical Center, and it said eating disorder clinic. I was like, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. Caught so they march me up the stairs. They confront me. I break down and cry. I remember coming home that same day. Mm -hmm. I went in the pantry of my parents' kitchen, and I opened up the cabinets, and I see these Pop-Tarts in there because I was telling myself, mm -hmm. I have to start eating or I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. My body was shutting down. And I remember there was this box of Pop-Tarts. I took Pop-Tarts out, and I flipped around to read the nutrition. It said 400 calories in two Pop-Tarts. I was like, this is more calories than I've been consuming in a day for mm -hmm. months and I forced myself to eat that and then over months and months and months I slowly started to to build healthier relationships with food now there's been periods and times where it's back to dark dark mm -hmm. places and then better now I have a very healthy relationship with food but I will always look at food differently mm -hmm. in my honest opinion uh, I will look at food in terms of the way it effects and changes body composition, how I feel. Um, I find that when I track nutrition or macronutrients, it triggers certain feelings and effects. Or if I'm trying to lose weight, like when I was trying to lose weight for this last marathon prep to get down to a certain weight to run faster, triggered mm -hmm. small tendencies, but it hasn't been out of control like it was back when I was 14. But now when I see people do certain things, Mm -hmm. or touch their body in certain ways or choose certain foods or move food around their plate. I'm like, this person might have a problem. Mm -hmm. But yeah, last 16 Dang. years of my life. So you don't, you're, you don't consider yourself like over it, past it, like above it. I consider myself past it, but with like a, there's like a caveat to it where I know there's certain things I could do that would trigger it again. Yeah. Not full-blown ever again, I don't think in my honest opinion, but it's hard to describe. It's just like, it's something that's in my back pocket that I could always pull out if I wanted to. Dang. It's actually been a really interesting dynamic between our relationship because he's never had like any um, understanding or experience with that lifestyle. 
And so trying to like get someone to understand that level of lack of control or fear of control or too much control is really interesting and and difficult because I remember one time we were just having genuine conversation. I was trying to explain things and he's like, but can't you just choose to eat or to do it? And and I, I told him it's just hard. There's, there's something that happens where you have this voice that literally is hold you rant, like hold you hostage and there's nothing you can do to get out of it. It scares the heck out of me having a, a daughter because, like, I, I've heard stories of mentors who, who, like, dude, so they've, I look up to them in, like, every aspect of life, and they have daughters who are my age who have, like, they might die from eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the heck? As a, as a father, as a parent, what can I do to prevent this situation? And it's it's almost like... I don't know. I I feel like it's so easy to mess your kid's life up <laughs> and it's really more of a challenge. Like, okay, how can I just, how can I keep them from going underwater, but like really enjoy like whatever they turn into, whatever qualities they have, like just celebrate those. It's so hard because if you're only hyping up with all the things, like that's not healthy either. But like, man, freaking, I don't know how to do it well. <laughs> it's like a little like, version of yourself too like Mm -hmm. I feel like you will see we're not at the point yet obviously she's two months old but I'm sure with Drew you guys are at the point where you can be like she learned that from me like that's something that I do yeah and that's like a scary thought because it's like at what point do we have to be conscious of that you know it's yeah it's crazy they're just little sponges I have this concept for this podcast series in the future when Charlie's old enough to be able to listen and like grasp what I'm talking about and every week there's an episode, and it's me and Charlie sitting by a campfire. And there's a lesson that I want to get across that I've learned in life, but there's a story associated with that lesson. So it's like campfire with Nick and Nick and Charlie, and I'm just telling her this story, but there's this lesson in the story that I want her to to pull from. It's like a good children's book. There's always yeah. a good lesson. That's awesome. Love it. When can we? When is that launching? For, for those <laughs> listening. You heard it here. I mean, she's two, about yeah. two and a half months. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. Yeah. If, she's a, if she's a fast learner, maybe <laughs> Stop <next> it. <laughs> I don't even know what you're uh, going to be having her do. Like, as soon as she, you know, gets, like, control of her neck, like, he's going to be, like, time for push-ups. Yeah, we only have Jet. He's who's 14 months. He's doing five sets of 20 a day. Push-ups. <laughs> okay. okay. Game on. Impressive. No, okay. okay. <laughs> you know the... <laughs> You know, remember the Titans yeah, movie? Yeah. You know the daughter of the assistant coach and remember yes. the Titans? For some reason, I think that's what Charlie's going to be like. Sassy. I'm not going to try to. Like, I tell him she's going to be whoever she wants yeah. to be. 100%. Yeah. But I have this feeling <laughs> that's what she's going to be like. Well, I'm excited to, to meet her. We haven't gotten to meet her yet, but that'd be great. She's, she doesn't say much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of quiet. <laughs> Sometimes. I'd say like. Age two is when you got to start. I, I'm sure. It, I'm sure there's like impressions that you make, but Drew, when Drew turned two and she started talking, like I'm now sure there's like developmentally, like developmental statistics that would tell you when yeah. the impression. I Don't think it's it already started. Yeah. Anyway, she, I have I have her saying "sup, dude." Anytime oh. she meets someone and she's like, she's doing this with her tongue out. I'm like, this is my freaking girl, dude. Let's go. Well, I'm I'm, so. I'm still learning everything. Like the other day, someone was like, "How far can she see?" I said. Probably across this room. <laughs> and so I was like, no, like six inches in front of your face. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, at her uh, two-month appointment, the doctor's like, she still can't see very well. I'm like, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Gosh. Learning curve. You were right. Oh. There's so much stuff. Especially with the fir- your first kid, though. We didn't know any. Neither of us had ever changed a diaper. And we didn't change a diaper in the hospital. Okay. Because, right. like, the nurses would come to check on yep. Drew. Yep. So yeah. like they would change. And we got home and we were like, who's going to do this? Is it you or is it me? <laughs> I, don't I didn't change one diaper in the hospital. That You you did. I will give that to you. Wow. I was the king of the swaddle Let's in the hospital. Nice. Swaddle king. Yeah. yeah I swaddle legit king. can't. I don't know how to do it. It scares me. I feel like I'm going to do it too tight or I was always loose. afraid I'd like tire too tight. Yep. But <laughs> yeah. you got it down. I remember when we were leaving the hospital, the nurse was like, go get your car seat. And it, oh, yeah. You know, it's like this long yeah. waiting game to leave. Yes. Yes. But then oh. when they decide you can go, they're like, 
get out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, here's your wheelchair. You are, you're done here. I'm like, yeah. So they're like, go get the uh, car seat and get ready to go. So I pull the, the truck up. I have the truck running. I run upstairs and start getting all this stuff. I bring the car seat up and they're like, Hey, you gotta be out like now. So I forgot to learn how to put her in the car seat. Uh-huh. So I, I, I have this YouTube video playing on like silent next to the car seat, like, <laughs> no. trying to watch it as she's rushing me out. <laughs> And then she's like, I can help you. And then she finally saw I was watching YouTube videos, so she came and helped me. I'll say to any new parents, the nurses are supposed to be qualified enough to actually like teach you there. So, yeah. But to a certain extent, you feel so nervous. You're like, I'm sorry, I don't know how to put my baby in the car. Oh, I know it's like you're judging me. (laughs) We practice, I promise, but now I'm scared. Yeah, I felt completely judged. What was the drive (laughs) home like? Oh gosh, we we stayed a little bit longer than we thought. I had some blood pressure issues, so we were like locked in a I seriously felt like we were just like held hostage for what was it four nights it's yeah. a long time yeah and i'll start having like resentment towards the doctors and the nurses <laughs> yeah. yeah it was it was rough i'm like we need to get out of here I remember like my eyes hurt when i got out i'm like oh my gosh it just because yeah. you literally like come in one person yeah. and then you leave a totally different person so true. Yeah. It's it crazy. is life is absolutely like- wild and then you, yeah. you're just like i remember getting home into our house being like our house feels different like this mm-hmm. doesn't feel like the same house mm-hmm. It's like you're spending time in different rooms. It's it's just like a very different time. It did. It just. It's hard to describe, but you just feel like lights look different. <laughs> yeah, everything's <laughs> roads <different>. looked different. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Okay, so you you've built this business, and I think you've you've uh, mentioned this in a previous podcast, but like that takes a certain amount of. Um, awareness and effort in creating the culture what do you guys describe as nick and stephanie's family culture like as you're building this unit this uh little clan i think you called it tribe tribe Tribe. there it is uh what is the the bear family culture it's definitely built off of values and a foundation and i mean if you have a culture in in a business or an organization like a team sports team or military it's always built off this like, foundation of values. And if those values are, are set in stone and they're actually followed and implemented, you then can build off of that. Um, so I'd say like, some of those are being kind, humble, driven. Serving um, others. Serving others. It's like one of my goals with our kids, depending on how big our family gets, but like instill those values i don't want like one of the things my parents did with me growing up is they never taught me how to like live this life and and be this person but i had a pretty dynamic unique dynamic in in families where like one side of my family were hard-working dairy farmers in central pennsylvania and the other side were were military my uncle grandfather cousins were military so they never had to tell me how to live like a, a strong, successful, purposeful life, but they showed me. So I think we talk a lot about the values we're going to instill by showing, not necessarily telling our kids how to live. I think it's like a feeling too. I think we've all had friends growing up, you know, when there's like a friend's house and you just love going to their house mm-hmm. and you don't really know why you can't pinpoint it, but like you walk in and you're like, this just feels homey. And I love mm-hmm. going to this friend's house. Like for me, like I know growing up, like my house was always like the house where sleepovers were at. And like people came to us, I think because my family was just so open and fun and, and loving. And I think that's what I really want for us. Just an open, uh, fun, warm, loving environment that also like we don't take ourselves too seriously too. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, just always allowing like just joy to be in every single moment. I think that's like huge. It's just joy having a walk into the house and you feel warmth. Um, that's like something huge that I want for our family. I want our kids to actually want to hang out with us, not have to force them to hang out with us, but even when they're in high school and college and after college, I hope Charlie calls me up. It's like, dad, can we hang out this weekend? Absolutely. I think you get you get there by being an intentional parent, which mm-hmm. is a lot easier said than done. I'm already yeah. learning, um, but it takes a lot of effort. 
So I'm just thinking out loud because we, uh, when we got the most recent dog, the German shepherd, I think you might've seen him, uh, picked him up and like came with instructions more or less with like, Hey, keep him in the kennel. Like he's, he responds well to X, Y, Z. And some of it, like, you know, he put him with the collar when you're walking, like whatever. And it made me think, or as I've been parenting, it's like making correlations, you know, as poor as it may seem to the dog training process where I think if the goal is to have the post college, like let's say after 18 years with your kids, which is going to be the majority of your life. Like that's probably going to be longer than 18 years. Right. Hopefully. Uh, then to make that as fun and fruitful as possible, like the first 18 has to be pretty disciplined. Like, like it is with dogs, like the, the young formative years. Am I, I like this yeah. analogy. This yeah. is, I'm, I'm, I'm following this. This is good. Cause I got, my, I got a dog story that I want to tell after this. One. <laughs> I hope it's not going to just directly slap this analogy in the face, but like the, uh, cause my temptation is with drew. It's like, you just kind of want to be nice to her, but I have to constantly force myself to like, no, I need to make sure I know she knows where her boundaries is, like are. I need to make sure I'm instilling these values. And like, it doesn't mean you're not, not nice. Well, <laughs> No, but like my role is not to be her friend. I don't like it's not to be. I don't know. I don't know the best. I am her friend. Like I want to be nice to her, but I, I also make sure it is my role <laughs> to, to parent her. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I, I'm her guide. I'm not her friend right now, right? Yeah. And hopefully that turns into us being friends. If I, I love do that, that guide exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's your husband right there. What's the dog story? Okay, so I was interviewing uh, someone on, on my podcast a few months ago. And he he got a, a German Shepherd mm-hmm. dog, and he bought this dog, and it essentially came with instructions. Yeah, he was very well trained. And the person who trained this dog said, "When you bring this this dog into your family, you need to give this animal purpose." Mm-hmm. And he said, well, "What happens if I don't give it purpose?" He said, "It's going to dig holes." All over your yard, it's going to destroy your yard. That will be that will make it its purpose. He said, mm-hmm. "Well, why would it do that?" He said, if, "If you don't give this animal a purpose, he's going to find its own purpose mm-hmm. and direction." And it makes me think of of raising children, where I see our role as like we need to instill these values to help our children find purpose in life, mm-hmm. or they're going to find their own purpose, which could lead to destruction. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was a good analogy. Mm-hmm. What this freaking same analogy, bro? It's the same one. It's executed. You gotta well. start with an intro, the <laughs> meat and potatoes, yeah. and then you wrap it I up. I got her breathing down my situation. back, dude. I can't. I can't deal with the pressure. Too much it criticism. Is, but <laughs> yeah. to the to the point of the early conversation, where you know, like you're you feeling frustrated that you're not around Charlie as much as you feel like you should, or you feeling like you you need to be working. It's like there's a story in the Bible about Nehemiah who's building this wall and some, he's always like getting asked to do this or that. And like people are trying to pull him away from the actual task at hand. And his response is I'm doing a good work and I cannot come down. Like I will not be distracted. I am doing something purposeful. And like, that's been, I think obviously it's super helpful to have check and balance. Like, so if you're working 20 hours a day for seven days, it's probably not, help that's that's not healthy but she's going to balance you out but like when you're at work realizing that that's a good work and you doing that with purpose teaches your kid something invaluable and like you doing the the family life right now with like so much excellence and with so much purpose is something that's like you won't get this time back like this first three months you don't get back so like don't try to rush to the next phase like you're doing a good work, you know, don't be distracted by it. It's like, I love them. it's super hard. Like we, we're always having to remind each other of that, but I think it's important that you're setting an example, you're setting an example and just like, there's always going to be tension, but you're doing a good work. So. If you were to give one piece of advice to listeners based off of like the phase of life you're in, what would you say? I would say, and we've talked about this too, and this might seem like, I don't know, something you wouldn't come out of a new parent's mouth, but to still make your spouse be, like, your number one and prioritize them. Because we've had, like, you know, 
days or weeks where I feel like I've had zero connection with him at all. And then I'm like, that's why I'm being cranky and, you know, short fuse with her or I'm being down on myself. It's like he is like like your marriage and your spouse. It's like the bones and the core of that, like the home. And um, I've just realized that she is obviously like our world, but it's got to be good here. Mm-hmm. And we're still trying to figure that out. And even if it's like putting her down, like we've learned like the the glory moments of putting her down like 30 minutes before you go to bed so you can just like sit by each other and just like reconnect. I know that's probably what everyone would say, but it's just, I think prioritizing each other is just, it really is so important because if you're not good, then like everything else is going to crumble around you. I've learned completely because it impacts every facet of your life. I would say I made this post uh, a few weeks ago and it resonated with a lot of people. And, you know, when we were getting ready to have Charlie, we had an abundance of responses of unsolicited advice. And most of it started with just, just wait. wait. Yeah. Just wait until you realize you can't work out anymore. Just wait until you realize you can't eat healthy anymore. Just wait until you realize you're not going to build your business anymore. And my response was, well, if it matters to you, you will make time. Mm-hmm. So that's been something that I've said, but also implemented where it's, if Charlie wakes up and she decides, she wants to feed at 3.30 a.m. Sorry, it just sounded like you were feeding like a deer or something. Devin's <laughs> <laughs> mad right when I use the terms feed or milk. Yeah, he's like, she needs to be milked. I'm like, that, no, please don't say that. But if she's hungry Anywho. at 3.30 a.m. and she's awake, I'm awake. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to work out now and knock it out because I have the time and it's going to allow me some free time in the afternoon. Now, am I more tired that day? Absolutely. But there's things in my life that matter. My relationship with Steph, Charlie, my business, my health, my fitness. I'm going to make time for those things because they matter to me. So that's where it's one of my non-negotiables that if it matters, I'll make time. Yeah, I think we've learned too. It's easy to get like really caught up in society norms and what people say you can and can't do as new parents. I think we've learned you write your own rule book. Mm-hmm. Like we can find the time to work out. Like, we've done it. We really haven't missed a beat, and we've been taking care of ourselves, and everyone just says, like, you go on the back burner, and it is true. Like, of course, you have days where you just are giving your all, and you feel empty, but you write your own rule book, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, you can control, what would we say? Control the controllables. And if you can do that in this season, I think you'll be good. Dude, you know what? I just realized that 3.30 a.m., the first year after having Drew, I was waking up at 3.30 Every morning, I would not go to back to bed. So I'd have like three, four hours in the morning before she would go back to sleep and wake up again. And uh, you're, dude, you're, um, I think it's called the focus. In focus. In focus. Yeah. Bro, I would crush that. And then, because I was obviously tired for the first couple of days doing that. And then I would just like crush that and be like, good for the day, man. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, a, it's a key It comes in handy right now for sure. <laughs> it is. <yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, look. There's caffeine in there, I think. There it is, yeah. 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 Caffeine, nootropics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, caffeine consumption has definitely increased. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. When Charlie was born. Uh, sure. Have you guys found a babysitter? No. it's it, Yeah, that's that's probably another, like, pressure point for us right yeah. now is we just don't have family in state, yeah. so we're trying to find, like, the right fit. But also, too, like, I've had moments where I get super frustrated. I'm like, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. But I'm like, this is the story the Lord wrote for us. Like I'm supposed to be her mom full time right now. The right person will come in our life at the right time. So we almost had someone and then it backed out. I'm like, okay, that's okay. Like not the right person. It's all going to happen. It's all going to happen the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to convince help would help. Help would help right now. Trying to convince Steph's mom and dad to move down to (laughs) Texas right now. No luck yet. (laughs) Uh, Steph's mom is super willing to travel with us. Like, you know, we're in Tennessee right now. She flew in from Michigan to Tennessee yeah, to help us. Help. Um, but we do need a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. maybe they'll move here when you come to Nashville. Yes. That that's oh my gosh. The hope and dream. Yeah. 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 Totally. That was one huge 
point of contention between Sean yeah. and I. She did not want to find a babysitter. It's, and I was like, I didn't trust anybody. I was kind of relieved when the one yeah. didn't work out. I'm like, oh, okay, well. No, she was perfect. I know, but it is a, it's a weird feeling, though. It and is. only Sean gets it in this room right it's now. A, it's, a mom, <laughs> it's a mom thing, though, because it's, yeah. it's, it's just a mom thing. It's a societal thing. You feel like you're failing as a mom to say that you you need help. Yeah. And it's not even like you don't feel like you can take that luxury of going on a date night or yep. like it's just yeah it's a weird feeling and it's really hard to get over. Yeah. Well, I was trying to tell Steph, I was like, but if we have the help and you can get out for, you know, a few hours, a few times a week, you can show up feeling powerful and strong. Take care of yourself. First, it's hard but to what if the babysitter week. doesn't love them as much or lets them cry a little yep. too long? You guys, are I don't have answers to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big step. It's like hiring your first employee almost, where yeah. it's like yeah. you're letting go of the, yeah. Because, like, also, Sean gives a full, like, two page list yes. of you have to do XYZ with the anytime. Well, there's I just someone did that to our dogs when we left. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. I have and my little pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the babysitter's not going to execute it. That exact cameras way. everywhere. I am watching you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's good. Like it's good because honestly, if you know, if they care for the baby, yeah, then that's gonna look maybe different than what you're doing it as. But yeah, it's good. It's like my dad offered. He's like, I'll, I'll watch the baby. We're like, no, <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> he like, know how like he's like I just don't get what like what to do with their head. It's like oh, it's like a bobblehead. Yeah. I'm like you gotta support the head. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not yet. Sorry, maybe, Dad. Maybe in a, maybe we'll a figure it out. Years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for the help. Well, truly, guys, this has been amazing. And please move to Nashville sooner than three <laughs> years. Um, we'll be your realtors. We'll find you a property. <laughs> everything. We'll, just, like we we'll can... just stay in this bedroom yeah. right here. Anytime. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we'll help baby Plenty pillows. Plenty pillows. <laughs> yeah. I got pillows for a whole family here. Oh, man. Honestly, thank thank you for the time. And we yeah. were reflecting back. Stephanie, you're the reason that we initially connected. It's That's fun. Right how much has changed mm -hmm. since we were there. I think you guys had, you guys weren't even married yet. No, then, we I don't engaged, think yeah. no. yep. we didn't have any kids. <laughs> you're, I mean, your company is now just taken off, which is yeah. awesome. And, uh, it's finally, it's good to finally connect in person. So, uh, look forward to more of this, hopefully. Absolutely. hundred yeah, percent. We've so got fun. great babysitters. We've got great friends here. Love it. All of it. We need all the support. Yeah. <laughs> I'll help for those listening that want to find out more about Nick and Stephanie, we'll link information down below, uh, as well as a link to their podcast, the Bear Performance Podcast. Um, and have fun checking out the website, too. Get some of the supplements, A-plus stuff. But uh, thanks for the time, guys. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, Will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode, and again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way, you'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.